Hi, this is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together. Thank you for joining us today. My guest today is Karen Shopoff-Roof. She uses the word she, her, hers. Karen is a women's wellness warrior who champions realistic approaches to living a fit and balanced life. Karen founded Balance Personal Fitness Training in 2008 to educate and empower body-wise women. She holds a variety of fitness, wellness, and health coaching certifications. Her blog, Well-Balanced Women, is known for excellent content regarding women's health. It has become a trusted resource for women seeking to find quality answers to their questions about building a healthy lifestyle in modern society. Karen is a nationally recognized public speaker regarding self-care, perimenopause, and fitting in fitness to everyday life. Clients and blog readers relate to Coach Karen because her busy life as an entrepreneur, wife, and mom of three kids shows that you can have balance without having it all together. She believes that when realistic approaches are taken, anyone can create a life with health and wellness at the center. In her free time, Karen loves to travel to new places, run marathons, and ultra marathons. But because she believes in balance, Karen is also an avid reader and back floater, though not necessarily at the same time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Happy to be here. So balance is a key word for you. I love that so much. Maybe obviously. Yeah. Uh, Can you tell me what balance means to you? So when I started in uh, 2008 and was working really from a fitness point of view, um, I'm a total nerd and so I loved the pun of using the word balance Mm. as my fitness business name Mm -hmm. uh, because I work primarily with women and for many women finding the time and creating that sense of um, family time personal time mom time you know wife time whatever all requires balance but at the same time when we're talking about fitness type of applications of it, balance is also critical. And so pretty much everything I do, there's a very nerdy reason behind it. That's so awesome. I'm really glad to hear that because I think all of us nerdy people should unite even more. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So one of the criticisms, I obviously use balance in my work as well, but in a different way, I kind of believe like in sharing the load and coming up with workflows and that sort of thing is more where I put my focus. One of the criticisms I hear, maybe not directly at me, but about balance is people will say, it doesn't work, you can't have it. So what do you say to that? Well, I I definitely feel like my work has evolved over the years and I really embrace that element of balance that you just described totally now. And in working more in holistic health coaching with women, that's the absolute crucial piece to get is the sharing the load. And, you know, does balance exist? Well, I like to think of it as, you know, you I think many people have seen the cartoon where there's a seesaw and there's like a elephant on one end and a mouse on the other end. Well, instead of having those like really high highs and really low lows, balance is about kind of like modulating the wave, right? We still have ups and downs, but the peaks don't have to be so like crazy euphoric high and the lows don't have to be so desperately low. Or, and then likening it to fitness, maybe, you know, you don't have to do your entire week's workout on Wednesday. Right. Yeah. And even you don't have to do an hour every day. 
you know, how yeah. do you do something, uh, you know, keep, keep the wave moving forward. Right, but right. It doesn't have to be huge. Right. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so one of the things that I like to talk about when it comes to balance is actually boundaries, because a great piece of being able to recognize, like sharing that workload is when to say, oh, I actually want to work on my thing right now. And I would really love it if maybe other people in the house could do the dishes or do the chairs or whatnot. But you also talk about boundaries. Can you kind of share your viewpoints on that? Oh, I love boundaries. I think um, one of one of the uh, phrases that I have up above my workspace is a quotation from the writer Anne Lamott that says, no is a complete sentence. And, you know, I think that it's, it's the difference between creating a life full of things you want and a life full of things that breed resentment. Because if we don't have boundaries, we're spending our lives, we're spending our energy, our vitality on what other people want, which, you know, I'm all for working in a cooperative, community supportive way, but that requires everybody having boundaries and everybody respecting other people's boundaries. And if you're the only one who's giving and giving and giving and giving and giving, that's not what you're creating. You're creating a life where you're getting used. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your example of like, you know, it would be nice if, you know, people would pitch in and do the dishes and all that kind of things that I don't, I don't really know, you know, how it happened. As you said in my intro, I have three kids. They're 16, 13, and nine. And it was probably about five years ago that I decided that my motto for the year was going to be independence. Because independence for them meant independence for me. Because the more I could teach my children how to do things, like doing the dishes, like folding their own laundry, like, you know, all of the other crap that we just have to do every day because we do, then that freed up tiny little pockets of time for me to be able to focus on what I wanted to do without any of the baggage of the guilt of like, Oh, well, I should be doing this for my family right now. Well, no, I shouldn't. Cause I invested the time to teach them how to do it themselves. It's, it's an ongoing process, right? You're never done. <laughs> oh no, absolutely. I mean, every time I tell my kid that he's got to fold his clothes, it always oh. is a and, and the eye roll, please get the eye roll. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. For those of you who have kids, I, I hope you can resonate. So mm-hmm. can you can we go back to that space you were five years ago? Yeah. What was going on before you realized that independence was the theme that you were looking for? Kind of that I feel like I had sort of fallen into the trap of many other people. Um, in my socioeconomic group, in my friend group, in my like local, you know, elementary school community, where there were all of these moms who were like doing all of this stuff for their kids. And every conversation was about how tired we are. Mm. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, we live really easy lives. I mean, comparatively, right? To like, you know, put yourself a hundred years ago, like we live physically easy lives. We have a million conveniences. So why are we so tired? 
And it started really to dawn on me that like, because I'm doing five people's worth of work. And then it's like, wait a minute, why am I doing this? My children are actually very capable. They're very smart. Um, they're, they, they have, you know, functional bodies. There is no reason for me to be doing this other than that was the model that I was seeing by looking, you know, looking around me. And I sort of went, that's just crap. Like, I'm not going to do that anymore because it wasn't doing me a service. And really in the long run, it wasn't doing my kids a service either. You know, I have this crazy dream that my children are going to grow up and go away. <laughs> you know, I love them, but I, 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 I can't wait for them to have their own lives. I mean, I can't wait because I, I love them today, but you know, I look forward to what they're going to do as adults and really realizing that a huge part of my job and it absolutely plays into their overall health and wellness is teaching them how to be independent adults absolutely. so that they don't feel the, the stress and the burden of this whole, you know, the whole popular phrase of like of adulting. It's mm. just life. They're used to it. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. So I would imagine that there's some things in there that you had to sort of let go of. Like, for example, when I make my kiddo, load the dishwasher. I kind of think of loading the dishwasher as often my job because it's something I do in the evening and I, you know, when I'm cleaning up the kitchen, but sometimes uh, circumstances, sometimes it's because he didn't unload the dishwasher in a timely manner. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I just want the extra help and I'll make him load the dishwasher and he doesn't do it the way I want him to do it. Yeah, I know. It stinks, doesn't it? It can. So one of the things that I like to consider is like doer's discretion, right? So like if you're going to have somebody do a job, you kind of have to let them do it in the way that they're Absolutely. do it. Um, but so for me, there was like, like letting go, I guess, of that ideal, perfect uh -huh. way that I thought the dishwasher should be loaded. Yeah. So I get the sense that you kind of talk about letting go of perfection. Oh, I mean, you have to, otherwise you become a micromanager and that's, you know, completely antithetical to why you wanted to do this in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I think my, my best example is when I, you know, I turned laundry over to my kids mm -hmm. and I realized very quickly that, you know, back to the idea of like the modern conveniences our our modern washers and dryers. Like if your kid can play a video game, your kid can work the washer and dryer. All it is, is pushing buttons. Right. You know, they're really actually very skilled at that. <laughs> so, so why not use this to your advantage? So, you know, I've turned laundry over to my kids. The actual doing the laundry, right, isn't the hard part. It's that forward planning of, oh, wait, I'm going to need whatever this outfit is for that event that's coming up on Saturday. And right now it's sitting at the bottom of my hamper, which means I need to do my laundry today so that by Saturday it will be available. Mm -hmm. And that's normal, right? Kids don't have that developed of, of executive function. Absolutely. But a great way to develop it is practicing, right? So I have been the mom who brings her kid to the soccer game and he's wearing the soccer uniform that is stinky and literally muddy from last week's game because he pulled it out of the bottom of the hamper in order to put it on to go to the soccer game. And I mean, literally, I mean, I'm sitting there right on the bleachers along with these people who are my, my friends. And they're like, I can't believe you let him do that. And I'm like, well, like why? Like, 
First of all, the other 13-year-old boys he's sitting with, they all stink too. So they don't really <laughs> notice that he's stinky and he's going to get dirty again. Mm-hmm. And if this is as hard as it is to help learn that lesson of planning ahead, I don't know. It feels like pretty low risk to me. But there's a lot of societal baggage that comes along with your kid showing up in a stinky, dirty uniform that isn't clean, that there's somehow that, you know, unspoken thing of the mom didn't do her job. Mm. Mm. And you have to be willing to say, no, actually it's his job. And if he didn't plan ahead, well, maybe we'll do better next time. Again, that goes right back to boundaries, having really clear boundaries about whose job it is, where your yeah. role in that supporting it is and what you're going to let affect you. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And, I yeah. and I mean, you have to, you have to be fair with it, right? Like it, oh, in absolutely. that example, like there's, there's nothing that's going to hinder his long-term development or health and wellness by wearing a dirty soccer uniform. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it's not the same as being like, well, I taught him how to clean out his cut once and he didn't do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. next time. And so if he gets a staph <laughs> infection, well, too bad. You know, I mean, it's like, <laughs> that's not reasonable, but <laughs> this is pretty low risk. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love that. Uh, so one of the other things I do, like, so my kiddo, um, uh, needs a little bit more practice and reminding. And so we'll, we'll, I have it built into my schedule. Like he's got to get his laundry done by X day to be ready for the week. Well, right mm-hmm. now we're, while we're recording this, we're under COVID. So uniforms are out the door. And so yeah. in, <laughs> in line with that, like if he misses that, cause he didn't listen to me when I reminded him, right. Then it just goes right back to your example of, yeah. Yeah choices that we make. Oh my gosh, I love that. So I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to learn more about our bodies if we can. Yeah. I love aligning my days with nature's rhythms. And I made a tool to make it easier. I would like to introduce you to my moon deck. My moon deck is a perpetual calendar, a calendar that never expires. This 86 card deck with booklet will allow you to lay out your day, week, or month and overlay the sun and the moon with the elements and with the celebrations from the wheel of the year. This tool, drawn and created by me, Michelle Lassley, will be your fun, whimsical, and practical tool to see how nature and its rhythms can support you. If you want to learn more and get your own deck today, visit www.michellelastly.com slash moon deck. I can't wait to help you align your time with nature and my perpetual calendar, the moon deck. Welcome back. So you, um, you really work with women. And one of the things that you do is work with women and helping them understand their bodies. And when we were chatting before, you made a really amazing comment about the connection between women having babies later in life and then how that kind of coincides with when menopause starts. So I would just love to hear as many things as we can get in 15 minutes about women and our bodies and how it doesn't always work with demands in our lives or society and all of that. Yeah. And I think really this is what underlies the whole idea of having boundaries and why it's so important because we're living out of sync with our physiology of our bodies. The way that modern life works is not really compatible with our biology, with what's happening inside of our bodies. So 
you know, let's let's back up a hundred years and say, so women a uh, hundred years ago were, for the most part, finished with their childbearing probably by 25. We'll stretch it just for the sake of argument and, um, you know, say, say 30. But that was like old a hundred years ago, right? The challenge is that when women are going through perimenopause, they're having all of these hormonal shifts and the hormonal shifts do things like increase anxiety, they cause insomnia, whether that's you have a hard time falling asleep or that you wake up in the middle of the night and can't go back to sleep. Um, they can um, really create incredible mood swings. They can play with your energy levels so that some days you're feeling incredibly energetic and other days you are just not. Well, here's the thing. You also, a hundred years ago, would have like moved away and had your own family sometime between like 16 and 18. So if you do the math and you had a kid when you were 25, they're moved away and out of the house by the time you're in your early 40s, which means that as your estrogen levels are dropping, which is completely natural, that's what's supposed to happen in, in perimenopause, but what happens there is estrogen is your nurturing hormone. So as your kids move away and your estrogen drops, there's, there's, no, there's no issue 100 years ago. The challenge for today is that when you have kids later, right? We've delayed childbearing societally. You have kids later. And so right when they are in the very still, very still needy kind of phase, right? If you have toddlers and you think, oh, I can't wait until they're 10, they're 12, they're 15, they don't need me anymore. They need you in a different way. You are still very much needed. Um, they, they are having their own hormonal issues with their natural hormonal changes of adolescence. Your nurturing hormone is tanking and suddenly, you are hangry all the time. You are yelling at people all the time. You are probably not sleeping well, and sleep is absolutely critical for both good brain function and good mood regulation. And so what we have is this incredible perfect storm of our bodies telling us like, oh, run for the hills, go out, be in nature, be by yourself. Your, your time as a tending, nurturing person is over at the exact same time that our people really, really need us. And we get this, you know, natural is actually, I, I think probably the best word to use here, um, or maybe biologically supported might be better. Um, anger, resentment, because we have our bodies thinking that we're done with these people and it's time to now focus on me. And these people are going, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me all the time. And so that creates stress, right? And stress is inflammation all in the body. And so whether that gets, um, whether it manifests as 
achy joints or weight gain or high blood pressure, you know, can manifest in a lot of different ways. Um, but stress is the root cause of that. And it, you know, it's not to say there's nothing that we can do about it, but that first recognizing that this situation even exists and that it is new and that it's not something even that our mothers and grandmothers went through, I think is really empowering for a lot of women because it validates the fact that they are not just bitchy and crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's a biology happening here. That's yeah. Like, yeah. Whether it's so uh, I love to talk about like how feelings aren't facts, but they're teachers. Right. And mm -hmm. I think in the same way, right. So our emotion, our, our physiology is triggering an emotion, anger you use yep. because a need isn't being met. Yeah. So how do you help women uh, work through that? Starts with boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it starts there and it starts with doing what I like to call the life laundry, which mm. is all of those things that you are expected to do. And then to sort of go through them with a fine tooth comb and assess whether other people are expecting you to do them. Have you put the expectation on yourself and maybe it doesn't even need to be there? Can we go back to my dishes example? Yeah. Yeah. Or to just, to just say, you know what, I'm going to turn this job over to you, but you have to be willing to go and it's yours and then walk away. The perfectionism, right? That, that if we really stop and look at it, many of us, and I'm, I totally include myself in this discussion, right? Um, that, that we fall victim to of being like, oh, I really want you to do this. You know, it would really, really help me out, son, if you could do the dishes. Okay, good. But now if we just move this over here and we load this over here and we move these eight things and da da da, da and see, you know, the message then that your kid gets is, oh, I don't really know how to do it very well. So I'm not really going to try. Yeah. As opposed to you walking away and kind of going, so what? So there are, you know, six glasses that I probably could have fit in there that he didn't fit in there. But you know what? 47 other things got clean. <laughs> Big picture. Yeah. And that's a, you know, it's a really great way to letting go of that perfectionism is a really great way to start reducing the stress. Awesome. So what else, what's the next step then as they start to, as we work through and we learn uh, what are, that we can have boundaries, that we yeah. maybe should have boundaries, what our stressors are. So like, what's the next thing? I then love to have people think about what they love to do and what they hate to do. Mm. Um, because is there a way that they can create community, whether it's within their own home or within their larger social network so that they can do more of what they love to do and less of what they hate to do. Because one of the really, really beautiful and wonderful things about human beings is that we all are different. And so what I hate to do, somebody else loves to do. Mm -hmm. And if you can find that match, everybody wins. Oh, that's so awesome. So what are some typical things that you see, or uh, maybe it's just across the board, but like, what are some maybe partnerships that you've seen pair up? You know, it can be as simple as carpooling, if we yeah. are ever allowed to go anywhere again. Right. <laughs> um, you know, it's a, it's a pretty great 
thing, you know, it's kind of carpooling and driving your kids places is a little bit like death by a thousand paper cuts, right? You may feel like, oh gosh, I'm doing this all the time. I'm doing this all, yeah, five minutes here, 10 minutes there, 15 minutes there, wait an extra 10 minutes because the person's letting them out late. If you actually sit down over a week and you figure out how much time you're spending doing that and how can you divide and conquer that load, you can create a lot of time for yourself to do those things that you've always been saying that you want to do. Um, so, I mean, it, that, that's a super simple one. You can mm-hmm. go a little bit more, um, you know, requires a little bit more organization and, um, you know, maybe there are different people within your friend group who, you know, like to cook. Mm. Fantastic. Can we batch cook and share so that maybe like, I don't, you know, especially now in this whole everybody's home all the time situation we're in these people, they eat like every day, like over and over and over again. And, you know, I'm seeing it on my own social media feeds of like, Oh my gosh, the cooking is killing me, (laughs) you know? And it's been a good reminder of like, well, how can we reach out and be like, okay, I cooked a you know, giant vat of vegetable soup, you know, and somebody else has a giant vat of something else. Well, let's swap it reduce the workload and then reduce the complaining that we just ate this yesterday, (laughs) you know? Um, So it takes a little bit of creativity. And I think the other thing that it takes that, again, I put myself in this group and women in general aren't very good at is asking for help. Mm -hmm. You know, it comes up with the idea of like, Oh wow. If I didn't have to do this thing that I hate, which, you know, Maybe I know somebody else, you know, I hate walking my dog. I hate walking my dog. I don't have a dog. It's just an example. But I see my neighbor walking her dog. Maybe the neighbor can walk my dog. And then, you know, I can be the neighbor's garden. You know, it's very old school. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what you're doing there is not just a sharing of talents and a sharing of your energy and moving your energy toward the positive, but you're also creating community behind it. Because it's a recognition that you have a need, I have a need, how can we help each other get these things done? Mm, I love that. And it also invites us to let go of the shoulds that we have to do everything ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, man, that is just, that's such a heavy burden. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how does stress show up in the body? Can It manifests in a lot of different different ways. And it really depends on the person. And it can be, you know, anything from like, you know, that annoying headache that you get back here at the base of your skull um, to achy joints is just so prominent, particularly in women in perimenopause, because the mm-hmm. lowering of estrogen plays into that as well. Um, it can be skin issues, mm. it can be, um, you know, the insomnia, usually in the, I can't fall asleep at night. I can't shut my brain off type of, of insomnia, um, stress, you know, triggered by cortisol, which is your main stress hormone. That's the one that, you know, our ancient bodies were like, there's a lion run, you know, which is different from adrenaline, which is like, we're on a roller coaster. Whoa, scary. Right. (laughs) Those are, those are both secreted by the adrenal gland and they're both stress hormones, but cortisol is the one that's really like a fear based hormone. 
And the challenge for cortisol is it gets stored right around your middle and your belly because that's where your body can grab it and convert it into energy more quickly if it needs to. But because we live in chronic stress situations, right, where we're always buzzing and we're always running and we're always going from one thing to another. And, oh, my gosh, these people expect me to have my hair done and they expect me to have my matching shoes. And blah, 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 blah. then the belly fat is especially in women in perimenopause is a number one stress inflammation indicator. So what can people do about that? Um it's kind of it's kind of interesting. Um, there, there's two different ways that I really recommend going about it, um, and they're ca- pretty counterintuitive. I think, you know, we've been taught, I think, societally, pop culture, women's magazines, whatever. You know, oh, exercise is a great way to deal with your stress. You know, put your shoes on, go out for a run, burn it off. Which, if you think about it, that does have physiological um, roots to it right? We see the lion, the body secretes cortisol, we run away from the lion, we're away from danger, we've burned and used up that cortisol, the end. The challenge is that in many of the ways that women exercise, um, you know, and that we, that we see is either, you know, you go, you go for a run for an hour every day, or you get on the, um, Stairmaster or the elliptical, and you just kind of like go and you go and you go and you go. The challenge is that when you're doing that um, moderate kind of intensity exercise for a long time, anything over like 20, 25 minutes, that's what I'm saying is a long time, then your body's actually interpreting that as a stressful event. You're actually could be creating more cortisol rather than burning it up. Wow. How do you, how do you know if you're doing that? Is there an easy way? Yeah. If you're like, and this is particularly for women as they move through, through perimenopause in their forties, if like, and this, this was even true in my case, um, lifelong runner. And then suddenly like I was running the same amount. I was eating my normal thing and I was gaining weight and it was belly fat. So the key is do less. Oh, how much less? So now instead of going out for, you know, like an easy 45 minute or hour run, I run 20 to 25 minutes, but at a, at a pace where I'm breathing hard the whole time. Uh huh. Or the other side of that coin, go completely into firing up your parasympathetic nervous system, your rest and digest nervous system, avoid the cardio altogether, walking, yoga, Mm. very low impact. So you're still moving your body. You're still getting good weight bearing on your joints, right? We need that for bone health, Mm -hmm. but you're not creating a cortisol flare with your exercise. Mm. Oh my gosh. I want to talk about so many more things, but we are um, kind of nearly out of time. (laughs) So what are top three tips women can do to uh, keep themselves healthy while they are going towards menopause? Uh, The first one would be to protect your sleep like it's your job. Sleep underlies, you know, everything that your body does. And as a society, we are crappy sleepers. Um, 
if you think that you're going to sleep when you're dead, you're going to do it sooner than you think. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Number two would be to find some kind of movement that you enjoy. And it doesn't matter whether it's walking or roller skating or dancing in your living room or swimming laps. Whatever your body craves, you will do. And the third one is to remember that food is fuel. We are social creatures and that there also has to be pleasure in your food. So that there is, there's no such thing as all or nothing when it comes to our nutrition. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. Wow. Uh, those are really awesome tips and I'm hoping that you will share one more thing that people should know uh, about about thriving in their bodies right now. Don't forget to breathe mm. and that your lungs are bigger than you think they are. So go ahead and breathe all the way to fill them all the way up and then breathe out and let all that air go. Oh my gosh. It actually feels really good. And it's yes. like cheap, easy, free and fast. Mm, I just did it just to like get in my body as we're yeah. realizing we have to end this call. <laughs> no, but, but, but so I'm sharing that because like, it's not, I'm not feeling stressed. Right. So like yeah. anytime we're breathing. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh my gosh. I am so thrilled that you have been able to join us today. Where can people find you? The best place to find me is at wellbalancedwomen.com. Mm-hmm. And there you can find links to my blog, which is like 10 years worth of women's health, wellness, and fitness articles. I'm like a dinosaur in the blogging world. Um, and I have e-courses um, there. And um, that's the best place, Well-Balanced Women. Oh, that's so awesome. Thank you, Karen, so much for joining me today. I am so thrilled that we got to talk about all of these things. And I hope that you are open to coming back again so we can dive into this more because I feel like we really just looked at the onion and said, this is an onion. It, it, it <laughs> is. And I love it. And I appreciate you for having me. Yeah, you are welcome. Balance Shared is curated by me, Michelle Lassley, and produced by Matt Hunter. The instrumental music Grass by Silent Partner is from the YouTube Audio Library. If you've enjoyed today's episode, leave a review, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you've loved the messages of co-creating a better future and digging into ourselves, maybe you'd like to become a sponsor. Email hello at michellelastly.com to get your sponsorship guide. Thank you for listening to this podcast. This is Michelle Lassley with Balance Shared, a space where I truly believe we are better together.